Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, fairy tale friends. Uh, welcome to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. We're doing another li- quote-unquote live-action remake uh, mini-tale. And we just watched The Lion King 2019, and we loved it. Okay, great episode. Bye. <laughs> uh, everything he just said was false after we watched. <laughs> we definitely watched it. Actually, I, I'm going to implement something we're going to do, because I think... A lot of people come. To, I, people have said they come to ours because we're very. We're not huge Disney like apologists, and Disney can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people like our attitude and 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 kind of our good feelings. So for the first five minutes of this episode, I am going to implement what we're going to refer to now as the thumper rule, where if you can't say anything nice, don't, don't say, say anything at, at all. all. I so, was going to suggest start. we start with what we like. Five minutes, Tara. What was great about the, the Lion King 2019? The landscapes were really beautiful. The sunrise in Circle of Life, the stars when uh, Mufasa is talking to Simba about, you know, those are the past kings. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole scenery, basically all the landscapes, but also the landscapes when he meets Timon and Pumbaa and they take him back to like what's their paradise all of that I thought was really stunning. There are 1,490 rendered shots in this wow. movie. There's only one real shot. Oh, what was that? The opening shot. I knew it. I he guessed it. He snuck it in there to see if anyone would notice. I noticed John Favreau. Um, uh, because big, big listener of our podcast. Yes. Well, I had asked Ryan when we first opened, I was like, is all of this fake? Like, is everything we're looking at CGI? And I was very moved by the circle of life scene. I was very emotional. I think that had a lot to do with the song, mm-hmm. the sense memory of the original. I get very emotional in the original for circle of life. It's a beautiful song. I love the woman who sang it in this movie. I thought she did a great job. I had her name at one point, I think. Let me look it up again, but keep going. But I thought the animals coming together in that scene were all very impressive. The textures uh, of each animal, when they got close, it felt like when you go, the the only thing I can compare it to is when I've seen elephants at the zoo or zebras or giraffes. You know, when I've seen, you know, we went to the San Diego Zoo uh, back in May. And so it was bringing back some feelings of the animals we saw there. And so I thought that was very impressive. I, I did think they they uh, executed the animals at a high level overall. I don't know how you felt about that. Now, not necessarily their behaviors, but how they looked, aesthetically how they looked. I thought they looked really good. There's a shot at one point where we get really close up, straight on view of Timon that I really liked. Oh, when it zooms in, it's it's just his his face. And it looked really, really good. Um, I apologize in advance for screwing up this person's names. Lindiwe McKeezy. Okay. Um, L-I-N-D-I-W-E-M-K-H-I-Z-E. Also, Lebo M, who was the one who did the chants in the original Lion King. I don't know if they're crediting him here as the actual chants or 
the person who did it. He's on here as a couple other things. Okay. So I think they brought him back. I know they brought back Hans Zimmer to do the score, who had done the I, score. I did enjoy the score in overall. the original line. Yeah, King. I did enjoy that. Uh, I liked Zazu. I you liked Zazu a lot. I did. Yeah, I thought he. He brought the humor because we in the original, you get humor from Scar in the original. No, we're talking about all things we liked, but you get a, you get humor from from multiple characters in the original. And I do feel like in this one, Zazu was really needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I liked him so much. I mean, you get humor from Timon and Pumbaa, too. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for Zazu. I liked him as a child. I had a stuffed animal of him as a child. He so. has a little more agency in this one. Yeah. And he's, I liked that involved in the final battle as opposed uh-huh. to just running away from everything um nala has a lot more to do i think they did that specifically because they hired beyonce to do yeah her voice i also let's not go too fast i don't want to run out of things no in these we're five not minutes. i okay. have a couple other things okay good you're good i like i'm running low i mentioned this but in specific in regards to rafiki was there a couple moments where uh, they do things where they bring in what would be real world elements in the safari in like Africa, right? And one mm-hmm. of those is he breaks the root and the root powder is what he marks Simba's head with. I think he does that in the original. We'll have to rewatch it's, it. It's, but it's goop. It's like it's liquid. <laughs> yeah, it's because it drips when he when he goes over he, his thumb with it. He, Okay. He cracks we'll look, open we'll look, something. We'll okay, yes. I'm almost positive he cracks open like okay. around something. But since you're not completely positive, we'll look and we'll find out. Well, you look while I'm talking. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. We got 15 more seconds yeah, of nice so things to say. Yeah, so I can say it's the other thing that I liked. So the other piece is when he makes, he draws Simba's face on the tree when he's born. He does that like with a series of bugs and different things. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. I thought that was creative how they did that as well. Uh, I may have one or two more things too. So let me see. You can't really hear that by the way. I know, but it's done. The timer has gone off. We're done talking nice. I thought the stampede scene when they come up over the very start of it looked very cool. We talk about once we get into the scene, there were things that we didn't like. And I, I want to go back through almost chronologically and hit the big beats that and, we didn't care for. But there was a moment there mm-hmm. that I thought it looked really neat. And I will say that's what this movie was like to me. It was me trying to find small moments that I found good. Yeah. Because overall, I we were incredibly bored by this movie. We were waiting it to end. Uh, it's the first one of the four only... minutes are the best part of the movie, yes. in my and opinion. I've heard people talk about viewing screenings of this movie where it's like people clap for the first um you know after the first song standing ovation then every song after that it's like they're like oh should we still be clapping and then it's just i don't know that that, the first song is the one that's the closest to the original and that makes sense to me everything else i was just like it's it's the biggest movie i can say you should look at your phone during because when I was looking at my phone that's when I would sometimes be fooled into thinking I was watching The Lion King yeah because I wasn't looking at the screen yeah but this movie was just flat performances or a lot of I'm looking up the Rafiki a thing. lot of flat performances a lot of oh it is goop out of a thing mm-hmm. just just wanted to throw that out there um, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are just, I mean, I think the thing we could both agree on that was the worst is Scar. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we want to go through, cause I even have stuff. 
Well, I guess that's where I start. I I felt with Scar, he that's just... That's where you started turning immediately. You're like, oh, no. Yeah, the first scene after the opening scene, yeah. we cut to the mouse, which we watched that mouse forever. We didn't need that mouse to run through the whole field as there long as it did. There were so many scenes. That's, that scene, there were so many sequences like that that went on where, too long. The scene where... Uh, Mufasa's hair goes floating, which is it's like Simba's. a ten, Simba's yeah. size. Well, you know, that's the mistake that all the characters make is, oh, Mufasa. Oh, no, it's just Simba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when Simba's hair goes flying through and they I pick 100% up, zoned out in that scene hard. It was, it's three minutes and it's a 10 it's second long. sequence in the thing. And it's very like long. at one point, literally, the it is eaten by a giraffe. It is pooped out. It is rolled along With by a dung, a dung beetle. beetle. And I'm like, this did not need to happen. This no, is so much. No. And I was wondering if they were trying to depict like a circle of life thing through that. But I just feel like it was not needed. But Scar from moment one was very flat. Like, and that's where I go back to saying I really feel like you needed Zazu's, the humor of Zazu in this one. Because Scar is funny. Scar's a very funny villain and and he's also terrifying in parts yeah and he had he was not terrifying to me he was not campy he was not funny he was not sarcastic he was flat yeah that that was how I would describe it he was just flat from moment one when he's talking with Mufasa when they're talking about where were you at you know the ceremony for the the new king um I will say that I thought he finally saw, we saw some life in him at the end. At the very end. But by then I d- couldn't tell if it was, oh, I'm starting to like this performance or this is the this is looking better than anything else we've seen in the movie. I think it's the latter. So I'm going to take a sec real quick because I was really upset by this performance because I really like the actor who plays it, whose name is... Chu-i-tel. Chu-i-tel. Chewy tell Edgio for. That was actually wasn't as hard as I thought I was about. I was way off in what I was guessing. Chewy yeah. tell Edgio for who plays the I forgot what he's called in Serenity, but he's the bad guy in Serenity. He's Baron Mordo and um, Doctor Strange. He's in Twelve Years a Slave. He's an excellent, excellent British actor. Just he did not terrible in this. It, it and, did not transfer whatever he was doing in the booth. I don't know, but well. It didn't. It did not transfer, and he just was like one note. It was not exciting. And that note was bad. Yeah, and scars a lot to live up to. Don't get me wrong. Jeremy Irons' performance is amazing in so many ways, and I think it's because he walks this fine line, like we just said. He's terrifying. He's sarcastic. He's campy. He's all of these things, and he does it very seamlessly. Mm-hmm. So I understand if you wanted to go a different direction and you you wanted to have your performance be something different than that I get that but there was nothing redeemable about this character there was nothing I was rooting for with him there was well, nothing I, I was excited about uh, hold on I don't I think you're thinking the difference between the character and the performance maybe I don't that's think, what I mean I don't think you find yeah. the character of Scar rede- Fair enough. redeemable you the find char- you f- there's nothing redeemable about this performance. Yes, that's what I should have said. The, yes, the, the Scar should not be redeemable. And I will say in some Disney stuff, they do kind of give you a reason, like they seem to give you more of a reason to to not root for the bad guy, but like understand the bad guy. This doesn't do that, but it's just because this doesn't do anything but with Scar him. But Scar is one of my all-time favorite villains. And he he is up there bad. for me. And so... Again, the bar is high, but he didn't even get close to it. Right. So a couple things I wanted to say about that. First of all, just to kind of like 
put a button on this idea of Scar in general. Um, Jeremy Irons did come and say he wanted to do this role again, and they turned him down. Which is so sad. Which is ridiculous. They also had Benedict Cumberbatch and Idris Elba were people who were considered, but they I don't know if they passed or they just decided not to go with them. I think either one of them would have been fantastic. We did talk about while we were watching that the main cast of of lions and main main characters for the most part are black actors yes Um, so i understand if they wanted to stay with that not going with benedict but in idris elba had been shere khan in uh jungle book but he was so good in that like i remember us being like wow we really like this shere khan yeah it's very different from the original shere khan and i think he would have he wouldn't have done the same performance like he would have Maybe not, but even if it had been the same performance, I would have been happier with what we got. Yeah. Um, but so the other thing I want to talk about is I think this falls down to, I think a lot of the problems with this movie fall to John Favreau, and I'll tell you why. I think John Favreau does really good work on things he's very interested in. Um, for example, you know, the stuff he's been doing on Star Wars. I think John Favreau is a big Star Wars fan. Now, I think he's a different Star Wars fan than the typical Star Wars fan. He was a kid who grew up with that stuff, and he liked a bunch of the stuff he used to see in the 70s. He's also a big fan of a lot of the things that Star Wars is aping. Western, samurai films, things like that. And I think that brings something to the table. He's also got Dave Filoni working with mm-hmm. him there, so I think that's what works really well. I think he had a really interesting take on Iron Man, and he liked comics in general. So I think he and he was really a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. So I think that's why he did so good in Iron Man. You know, he did a really good job with kind of swing culture. He did a really good job with that kind of stuff. So that stuff works. And in Elf, a big thing in Elf is like the music being kind of this 1950s version of of Christmas, and I think that's why Elf works. And then his stuff that doesn't work like this, um, like kind of Zathora. I think it's things he's less interested in and more like. I think in this, everything you see with this, he's interested in the tech. And I think that's cool, but like he's not an animation director. He's not an animation voice actor guy. Yeah. And this is all that. He did some of that on Jungle Book, but I still think he had stuff that kind of connected with him with the live action doing the boy and kind of figuring out how to get him into it. And then I think if you, I, I would be willing to bet that if you put Jungle Book or The Lion King up for um, the originals up for. John Favreau, he would say he liked the Jungle Book better because that's again more like here's some jazz and here's some swing and it's kind of that era he he seems to like with uh, swingers and with um, Elf. So was he asked to do this for the tech? Did he seek out this project? Do we know anything about that? He was asked to do it, I think, because of Jungle Book. So, and I will say, part of the things we love the most was going back to the tech and how realistic things looked and and how they were presented in that way. That's what we enjoyed. And I think this would have made an excellent tech demo. I think, again, like we said, the first bit of it going, oh, they remade the intro of The Lion King and... 3D yeah. was cool, but like a whole two-hour movie with additional scenes with another song so Beyonce can have two songs. Like, Well, and each song... Queen got progressively more and more of a disappointment until can you feel the love tonight then that one that was pretty good that was pretty good but the next one after circle of life is i just can't wait to be king and that one it's so dynamic and the way it crescendos and at the end you know he's climbing on top of all these animals and all these things and at the end of it in the live action he just climbs up on this rock that isn't That's even that high higher. 
I think that one was less of the song and more of the performance. Yeah. Yeah. And the again, there had, were some there were bad songs. There were some cool background shots with all the animals in that one, but it was really a letdown in that way. And then we get to the worst, the worst song in the entire <laughs> movie. And yes, I am coming from a biased place because it's one of my favorite villain songs, but Be Prepared was just awful. They should have cut it. Now we were talking about that. You know, if they didn't include it in the film, I would have been equally as upset because I would wouldn't know this virgin exists right? right so i'd be like why would you cut that song it's an amazing song but if that's what you're going to do with it you almost shouldn't have had it in there and they it, got rid of some of it apparently because of the 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 third reich imagery but like change the imagery i completely understand that but again his performance was so flat that the song was kind of just a waste. Like it was a waste of time. It was a waste of, of scenes, a waste of money because Tara, this whole movie was a waste. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, uh, my note is I, I hate scar song. This is so bad. Would have walked out of the theater. Yeah. I actually you think said you that walked out for real. Probably you not. Like crossed but I, your arms and eventually like, I think it would have, it would have made me. So I don't know that I would have walked out. I think, it because takes a lot. It for takes us a to lot. Walk. Have we ever walked? Out I don't of a, think we've ever walked. No, no, out. we did, but that's because you got sick. I got sick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it takes a lot, or me getting sick, to walk out of a theater. But that set the tone for the rest of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm kind of done with this movie. Yeah. Like, if if this is what you're bringing, like, just can't wait to be king was a bummer. Now you have this song, which was awful in my opinion. I, Hakuna yeah. Matata was really bad too, yeah. and it was because. We talked about this because there's a whole lot of stuff with uh, Seth Rogen coming out and saying, yeah, they had to get, they got Pharrell Williams to like try and help him sing and they were like doing all this stuff for him. And I was like, well, and why he, didn't they just hire someone else to sing for him? That's in the history of Disney. Well, and you said, admittedly, Seth said, I'm not a singer. Not a so singer, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like he wanted to try. He, he recognized this is an ability I don't have. Well, either way, like it's the director's job to make that choice. And you can hire a singer. And they showcase his voice in the beginning where he goes like up three notes. He does almost like an arpeggio. I don't even know if it's an arpeggio, but he sings these three notes and it's so bad but, because it's him on his own. They didn't have to orchestrate that that way. But then they do the it's out of his range. Then later they do the weem away, weem away from the lion sleeps tonight and he does fine. And that's what I'm saying. They could have written the music differently for yeah. him to where he didn't have a prominent part. But you keep suggesting these things like let's completely recast or let's rewrite the music. I think it's to be hard to rewrite that song without people noticing. I guess. But I think all they had to do was just get someone else to sing. And yeah. that's something that, that the Lion King did. The original Lion King did. And I also don't think those three notes where he sings up is in the original song. Not Maybe, in that way. I don't know, but so, yeah. It, th- it felt like they went, okay, just sing really badly and it'll be funny. And it was like, oh. Well, the reason it wasn't funny is because he's singing against... Billy Eichner. Who can really sing. And Simba, young Simba and adult Simba, who both have really good singing mm-hmm. voices. So it's even more prominent that he can't sing. When right. you have a weak singer with a strong singer in a movie and they're harmonizing like there's it's very noticeable it was really bad it was bad uh i will say i again was emotional during the stampede scene to go back a little bit when simba lays there with mufasa but again i think that's just going back to the original of him trying to wake up his dad and his dad is no longer alive but the shot i liked 
with Scar coming in from the background and you almost don't see him and the way they yeah. they the way they captured that I liked. There were a couple moments throughout the movie that I was like, "Oh, that's a cool Favreau shot." Favreau has a good eye for shots. Yeah. I think he's he's developed a very good eye for for that sort of thing. I didn't find that scene to be emotional at all because you there's no emotion and this is one of my problems in general with the movie is they don't put any emotion there's a very small range of emotion you can put on animals faces yeah so like it's and then it goes back to like the voice work and you know it's a kid crying but like it just looks like a like i'm staring at my dog you know it, it at the end of the day to me if you're going to do a completely cgi animal character and then have it look exactly like babe like homeward bound or not homeward bound is even move their mouths where it's just the animal looking at you and maybe their mouth going i'm simba i'm mufasa you know like why not give them emotion why not make their faces do things that animals can't do well like, i there's an argument to be made that our dog is more emotive than some of those animals our were. dog in no, the lion king we've been I- saying it for a long time now and i wish someone would listen <laughs> that's not what i mean what i mean is animals can be emotive. That's Has- I guess that's the point I'm making. Hashtag Lady Luck for Pride Rock. <laughs> uh, but the, the the point I was trying to make. I mean, I would love Lady in a film. She's a gorgeous specimen of a dog. But the point I was trying to make was animals in real life can be very emotive, and we see that a lot in our dog. I, I will I will disagree with you in one thing, and that's that our dog doesn't have a lot of facial emotion. What's and and especially our dog because our dog likes to sit there stare at you with the same eyes as anything else and the way you tell she's emotional is her tail just starts going. But I look into her eyes and I feel emotional yeah, to her. You have a connection. You could read our dog better than anybody but for the normal viewing <laughs> audience I'm saying Fair if, if we're going to put Lady in a movie I want her to like mouth and have like I want her to look like a cartoon and guess what what has animals that look like cartoons and give me big emotions why it's 1995's The Lion King which is simply two clicks away on Disney Plus why anyone would ever watch this on Disney like I understand man I really want to get some of those Lion King feels I bet this was way better in the theater but I also bet I would have fallen asleep I don't know if I would have walked out but I would have definitely yeah, fallen asleep. Yeah, I said I would have, but I don't know that I truly would have. I think that that first scene would have been really cool to see in the theater. I think the circle yeah, of life scene absolutely. would have been amazing to see in the theater. But, but that that scene was also the trailer in theater. So just seeing the trailer was great. And then yeah. you're done. Well, that's, I was excited seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm. I was really excited when they announced the voice cast for this. When they announced, you know, you saw the trailer. I was pretty pumped for it. Uh, you had some facts about how much money it made, which shocked me. It's the seventh highest grossing movie of all time. I uh, could not believe nuts, that. Because it's, I, I can, because I think it's people, you know, it's, it's, it's people wanting to see Lion King. It's, yeah. It's a big budget. It came out, you know, right before the pandemic, I think. And it was a lot of people, you know, it's It's it's, a huge cast. It's not people trying to, it's animals. So you don't have to worry about like the issues in China where they don't like watching movies with black people in it. And then the issues in other places where they're like, why aren't I being represented? It's like, well, they're animals. You can kind of glom onto whatever here. Well, there's a lot. It's a Disney movie. Yeah. I we talked a little bit about can you feel the love tonight? You def they definitely let Beyonce do her thing in that song. It's very Beyonce. <laughs> That's another thing I think goes back to direction. I think 
John Favreau's like, do your thing, girl, and just let it happen. Yeah, but I I enjoyed Can You Feel the Love Tonight overall. Mm-hmm. Also, we had just come from several songs that were such a disappointment that really I would have welcomed anything that would have been somewhat, somewhat okay. Yeah. But now you have, who is it, Daniel Glover? Donald, is the, Glover? Donald Glover is the adult voice of Simba. So you do have two very strong singers and performers mm-hmm. doing that song. And so I think that that goes a long way with that one. Uh, I have an interesting lion fact. Okay. Unlike in the original, Simba's eyes are a hazy blue as a baby. This is true to actual lion biology, in which oh. cubs are born blind and cannot open their eyes until about 10 days after their birth. Oh, wow. The blue color is a result of delayed melanin production, but this changes as the cub grows such that their eyes are golden brown by the time they're three months old. This is hmm. reflected in, in Simba's childhood design. That's Cubhood cool. design, sorry. That's cool. The song Spirit was a waste of time. I understand they wanted to give Beyonce a second song, but it's when Simba realizes he needs to go back to Pride Rock and we Nala be goes like a with fade him. Out, fade in. Yeah, like just let's see them run off from, you know, quote unquote, Kuna Matata Paradise and then see them appear at Pride Rock. We did not need that song. It fell out of place because it was very different stylistically than all the other songs. Here's a challenge for you Sing me any of Spirit. Don't know. Spirit. Yeah, something That's like that. That's all I know. Yeah. S- spirit. Spirit. Yeah. Is that the song? Maybe. Spirit. <laughs> the yeah. hyena's character positions were heavily altered from the original films as Favreau felt that they had to change a lot to fit the remake's realistic style, stating that a lot of stuff around them in the original film was very stylized, saying that the movie should have been more stylized. Flores Kasumba, who plays Shinzi, elaborated, those hyenas were funny. These hyenas are dangerous. I would change that to those hyenas were interesting. These hyenas were boring. <laughs> yeah. Th- there's one bit between uh, Key. Like- so so it's Bonsai and Ed in the movie, in, in, in the original. And here it's two other African names, which I thought I like. Yeah, that I was fine with. at the same time, with. like... For them to go like we want these to be serious and then give two comedic actors like a lazy, lazy bit. Yeah, where like they're two they're crowding each other's space. And it was funny once or twice, but they do it one too many times. Yeah. And Shenzi I liked, but what we didn't like is it's clear in the be prepared scene that Scar has never worked with them before. Like they're not yeah. in cahoots. They they don't like have a relationship because they're all kind of like the bottom feeders, right? They there's nothing tying them together. He just sends two cubs to the elephant graveyard as like this olive branch to the hyenas, and he's like, You couldn't even get that right. And then he's like, Let me propose to you what how I think we should it, work together to rule the Pride Lands. It made Scar seem in the original, it made Scarts seem even more nefarious. Like, this is a long-term thing he's been plotting It's a long at. con. Yeah. yeah. And now it was like, oh, I'm just going to do this now, and it's going to turn out good Yeah. For um, I got a couple other little fun facts you want to hear. Yeah, and then I have one more, are you kidding me, that was in my notes. <laughs> in the German version, Nala is voiced by Magdalena Turba, who voiced young Nala in the German dub of the 1994 original. Oh, that's really cool. So that was very cool. I like cool. that. And we should say James Earl Jones was back. I... It, 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 it look James Earl Jones is thirty years older now at this point, and he sounds thirty years older to me. See, I didn't mind it. Oh, I didn't like. It. I think if you played him back to back, they would you definitely be able to tell. Probably, but. but I didn't. I love his voice. So as soon as I heard it again, I think there's something nostalgic and comforting about mm-hmm. his voice. Uh, Simba. Back I love in it. 2002, Billy Eichner 
voice of Timon, was a bartender at the Lion King on Broadway. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. In 2002? Yes. Okay. So that was funny. That's really great. The last Are You Kidding Me that I have is, it's Ryan's favorite scene in the movie. It's Timon uh, and Pumbaa are used. I completely <laughs> forgot about this. It didn't, I think I knew this and I was kind of like, ha 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 when I heard it the first time. Uh, Timon and Pumbaa are used as live bait. Mostly Pumbaa is who they're looking in at. the greatest scene in the original, the whole song where he's like, He's a big pig. Yep, yep, yep. And yeah. they're doing that whole dance. He's With like, a little hula. Do? Put on a, a skirt and dance a hula. Yeah. And it goes yeah. Right into it. In this one, Timon sings the whole opening, not even just one line, the entire opening of Be Our Guest. And I literally was shouting at the TV, are yeah, you kidding me? It Ter- was Tara did a awful. lot of like, are you kidding me? And then like frustrated note scribbling. <laughs> <laughs> like for this movie. Yeah, that was my last note. But I, I was not a fan of the meta-ness of Tomorrow. I, I wasn't they kept either. Making, like they kept they the part where they typically said that they said they were going to say farted the in the original and Timon's like Pumba. Not, not in front, front of the, the kids. kids. Yeah. And this one, like, he doesn't stop him and then Pumba goes, Are you gonna stop me? And he's like, No. And I'm like, Okay. Like everything doesn't have to be like it, it just it, it it felt very Deadpool-y. The change of but not in a good way. No, Deadpool knows how to do this better than anyone else. Yeah, but also the changes they made, you know, it's not word for word, but there are some scenes where the dialogue is identical or very close and then they add other things in there. But some things I felt like they just added it to add it. And mm-hmm. I was like, you don't have to just add it to add it. A, it adds more time to a movie that I, I it already feels too long. Please. And B, it's not needed. Like there were a lot of lines in the dialogue that I'm like, why are they even talking about this or saying this or yeah. whatever? Uh, so if you can't tell listeners, we were not a fan of this Two movie. Two paws down. Two yeah. big lion paws down. Uh, if you want to, I say watch the opening scene and the end scene, <laughs> which is Circle you know of Life. I mean, the end scene is the same thing. Same I, thing. I would just watch the original Lion King again. It yeah. is It is literally when you, you can't type, you can't search for this Lion King without the original Lion King popping up. And it up. comes up first in the in the, yeah. the order on Disney+. Plus. So I don't, you know, sometimes I think we've said, oh, you should watch this or maybe this is something we would watch if blah, blah, blah. Don't watch this. There's well, you, no reason to watch this. You also made a good comparison. The 1995, right? Right. Lion King is a true work of art. And you were making the comparison. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one time I saw this thing that the uh, Mythbusters did that was really cool where they took like basically like uh, a grid of paintball guns that was like 10 by 10. So like 100 paintball guns or maybe more than that. And they fired them all at the same time with different colored paint to make a pixelated version of the Mona Lisa. And that was really cool, but I would never go, that's the Mona Lisa. I would never, this movie had a lot of technical achievements in it, but I would never look at it and go, "Mm, that's the Lion King. Yeah. Never. Like, it's cool that it, it, it's fine that it exists. It's crazy that it's the seventh highest grossing movie of all time. Um, well, and movies I, are out of control. The whole Hollywood system is messed up. We need to go back to ten million dollar pictures. This is I I can't stress this enough. We are destroying inter- entertainment is on is is circling the drain. People, 
Well, I said something. I was like, I could have used some of this money. Like, yeah, I that's just. What you said, you go, I, you were like, because I, I kept going, like, they're just throwing money. Every time they're doing something, they're throwing money. They're like, you want to sing another song, Beyonce? Here's to throw some money at it. And Tara just goes, I could have used some of this money. Yeah, like, I just feel like sometimes the amount of money Disney makes slash spends on things, and then you think where that money could have gone, not just to me, but where that money could have gone to other places to just help human beings. Like, it, not to get on that tangent but this just seems like they spent a stupid amount of money they made a stupid amount of money and what do they have to show for it like it was not good something that i will always skip on disney plus now i do want to put before we go and i think this is going to be a short one because we were so yeah this one's pretty short um so tara ryan the enemy has captured you Okay. They're going... To, no, uh, sorry. That's not what I put. I put the other. I was going to say... So start it again. Let's start over. So Tara. Ryan. You have to watch one movie. <laughs> okay. You're stuck on a desert island and there's only... And there's, not even that. I think that you just watch them. But you can only watch one movie. Okay. For the rest of my life? For some reason, some weird taskmaster has sat you down and this is your one thing. No, just like once, one night. Okay. Let's, I'm not going to say for the rest of your life, but it's like you have to do it. You have to do it now. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these three movies. And I put down Pete's Dra- Now I'm the task magister in this for some reason. Because you know what movies I don't care I for. I put down Pete's Dragon. I put down Mary Poppins Returns. And I put down this, The Lion King. Mary Poppins Returns. That was my choice I don't too. even have to think about it because okay. there were things I liked in Mary Poppins Returns. Again, I think it was too close to the original. And you can listen to our episode to hear my true thoughts on it and my real feels. But out of those three choices, yeah, I would never watch Pete's Dragon again. I would never watch this again. Yeah. Out of those three. Order them, though, because I think I'd watch this before I watch Pete's Dragon again. Because this, at least, like I said, I could look at my phone and and kind of almost pretend I was watching The Lion King because I'm hearing familiar lines. Yeah, I think you're right. At first, I was going to put Pete's Dragon before it, but I think you're right. There was so much... So much wildness about peach dragon and peach dragon was also very long so that's the other thing i want to talk about is we've kind of put ourselves in the position of the last of the live actions we have left or ones we don't want to watch it's pinocchio Mm -hmm. which that was just circumstance are we going to do the guillermo del toro pinocchio we could i don't see why not all right um Alice in Wonderland, which we are going to do for our quote unquote live episode, which we'll we've talked about, talked and about. we'll probably end up doing between this season and the next season. Mm-hmm. And Pete's Dragon, which, which I'm actually excited about because it's, it's so different. Yeah. And it's, it, it looks like a different take, and I'm interested in that. And some new stuff will come around the, the bend um, that we'll see. But yeah, guys, this one was real rough. Yeah, we're winding down on the live actions, and unfortunately, this was not one of the good ones. Yep. Does the Lion King have a sing-along version on Disney Plus? You put that on. I remember. Well, I don't know about Disney Plus, but I remember like the bouncing ball one. I think there was one like in the '90s on a VHS or something. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're re-releasing a lot of their movies now. As like now, we've done a a sing-along version. version. Yeah, I'm not sure if Lion King has one, but yeah, just do that instead. Do anything instead. Like if you're behind on your taxes. Yeah, like if, it was a really nice day outside. I would have probably rather wanted yeah, to just I'm, be outside than is, watch this movie. This is a movie where I'm sitting here thinking of all the other stuff we could have done and there was part of me that was like, maybe we just don't do it. This is our podcast. We can say don't do it. Maybe that's what we'll do next time. I'm a completionist, so I would have wanted to see it at some point. So I am glad we did it, mm-hmm. but there there's nothing that I can say to redeem it or encourage someone to watch it. I will say, and I won't say what I had planned, but there was one movie I wanted to watch in December. Um, 
for kind of our Christmas time that I was kind of morbidly curious about. And I will say what I was thinking of was more along the lines of Tim Burton's Dumbo, where it's kind of seems wackadoo. So it might be mm-hmm. interesting to watch. Yeah. Because I would watch Dumbo over this anytime because Dumbo was at least crazy enough that I was like, what is this movie? Whereas this yeah. was just, okay. Like to me, it, it, it ranks like this. There's like, all the movies that I like to watch, then there's the, of the bad movies it, from top to bottom. It's weird and trying something that doesn't work, but is weird. Mm-hmm. There's boring. Yeah. And then there's unpleasant. And I'll take something that's bad and at least trying something interesting over boring. And this I don't think was unpleasant. It was just boring. Yeah. Witches was unpre- unpleasant to me. Um. Mm. Um, but yeah, so now that, now that, now that we've done this, there's part of me that's like, maybe I don't want to, I, I don't want to try and do anyone's because we, I feel like if we did Puss in Boots, we went, no, we don't have to watch this cause it's not live action. This one, I was like, I would have given this a Puss in Boots treatment if it wasn't the live action. Once we Lion got King. to be prepared, I would have turned yeah, it off. Yeah. Right. So guys, I, I can almost guarantee that our next episode is going to be a lot cheerier than this one. And Well, and I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Did you like this movie? Do you think we're crazy for rating it and talking about it the way we were? Have you heard of someone who likes it? Uh, yeah, I would love, we'd love to hear from you. You know where you can get at us. 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-YO-TRPD1. And we'll give the rest of the info at the end of the episode here. But yeah, we'd love to know if you enjoyed it or maybe your kids enjoy it. I, I would actually be super curious you know have you shown your kids the original and this one do they prefer one over the other mm-hmm. I, you know i'd love to know kids opinions if so what institution are you thinking of putting them Stop. in do you have don't say that um yeah so our next uh movie will be big hero six a little bit of a superhero adventure mm-hmm. something that i think we're going to enjoy a little more than this i we've seen it together i think we saw it yeah, in theaters, we saw it in theaters. And, we, and I, I, I liked it yeah i like I, I don't think we ever watched it again but we liked no, it no but we enjoyed it we enjoyed that experience and we've got some very special ryan's i mean guests for that episode <laughs> uh coming soon so yeah until next time gang all right take care listeners thanks for listening to tara and ryan's princess diaries If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five star review. Check out pods.link slash TR Princess Diaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh